Tyler Peters, welcome to Thinking Bigger with Kevin Feely. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. So, uh, everybody, this is Tyler Peters. Tyler owns one of the biggest jet ski rental companies on the West Coast called Luxury Jet Ski Rentals here in San Diego. Um, truly impressive business. That's actually how we met. It's how we became friends. Uh, you know, I want to kind of, you know, the topic of this podcast is always thinking bigger. So how to get people to think on a different level. Maybe that's get in business. Maybe that's get a better job and just overall evolve in life. But tell everybody how you got started in business and a little bit about you. Sure. Um, it, it's funny that you say that about how we met through uh, my business and it's because I kept seeing your name pop up constantly. So um, thankfully for analytics, I was able to pull it up and I said, oh, wow, this guy spends a lot of money here and a lot of time. So obviously I wanted to be your friend and uh, kind of, you know, see why you're here all the time. And, you know, if you're coming to buy business, we obviously click. But yeah, no, I started that uh, luxury desk journals about 10 years ago. Uh, kind of by accident, actually. I uh, It was my birthday, around my birthday, well, I was turning 19, so I was just 18, barely about to be 19, and I was on a jet ski once. I loved it. So uh, I went to a dealership just to kind of ask how much jet skis were and things like that, and you know, I walked in there as 18, about to be 19, and one of the salesmen came up to me and was like, oh, you like this jet ski? I'm like, yeah, actually, it's a cool color. It's blue. It's nice. And he, he said those, you know, taglines that a salesman would tell you. He said, you know, we can get you this jet ski, no money down. I could apply for a credit card for you, put it on a credit card, you could walk out of here today with it. And when you're 18, that's a great idea. Put it on a credit card, I don't have to pay anything, and I get a jet ski for my birthday. So we went ahead and did that, and I just remember taking it out the first time, a little intimidating, everything was great. I'm like, yeah, I own a jet ski, and then I got the bill in the mail. And it was about $14,000 with a 24% interest rate, which, anybody with any sort of monetary sense realize that that's a horrible idea. Basically, I'm spending 2% a month and giving it to the banks just as, you know, here you go. So realize that was a horrible business move or, you know, any sort of monetary move. So I decided to rent them out a little bit just so I could pay off the loan. That way I could have a free jet ski. And um, when I started to rent it out and I saw all the opportunities there, uh, one thing led to another and I decided to build a business around it. One jet ski went to two, two to four, four to six, eight. Now, I don't even know, we're a dealership, have over 50 jet skis. We also do kayaks, paddleboards, pedal boats, boat rentals. Um, we do the water jet pack thing. We basically do everything on the water. So started as a small jet ski operation and moved into a huge water sport operation. But that's basically start to finish what, uh, where I am now. That's awesome. And you've dealt with, uh, with some celebrities. Uh, who, who are the most famous people that have rented from you? Because I know guys like, uh, like David Dobrik shot a video with your, your skis or with the jet pack, right? Yeah, it's funny. Um, that actually was also by accident. We uh, were going to shoot a video with Dan Wazarian uh, where we're going to be flyboarding in a swimming pool. And uh, I, I just remember we pull up to his house and, you know, as soon as we get there, there's armed guards. You know, first thing they ask, like, what are you doing here? And we're like, no, no, relax. We're invited. So we go up there and uh, Dan's just like, you're, you're going to put a jet ski in my swimming pool? And we're like, yeah, uh, which is four stories up. So, you know, we had to order a crane, ordered a crane. Crane was too small. It was a big crane, but too small for, you know, his house and four stories. So it just almost got it there and, you know, didn't make it all the way. So then uh, we were talking to David Dobrik and he's like, well, I'll just do it in my pool. So, uh, yeah, we shot a video with them. Had a couple of famous people come out. Um, Charlie Puth's band came out, uh, did a bunch of stuff with us and got free tickets to his show, which was pretty cool. Um, been working with other people, had uh, some sports athletes come out. 
um, you know, a lot of local celebrities and stuff like that as well. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah. So I really like how you sort of fell into business, which a lot of people think that you have to have a plan to go into business. But what I've noticed is most entrepreneurs, they just have this like, well, I just kind of fell into this and it happened, right? For me, it just, I sort of fell into it. For you, it did. For anybody that's looking to start a business, what would you tell them if they're thinking about leaving their job, whether they have money or don't, what should they do? So I always tell people, you know, when you want to start a business, it's all about, you know, it's what separates the entrepreneurs from, a, you know, regular nine to five worker, an employee versus an entrepreneur or a business owner. Um, it's really all sink or swim. You have to jump out of that airplane and build a parachute on the way down. Nobody tiptoes into the water of entrepreneurship where they're slowly walking into it with a safety net and, you know, they're ready to go in case they fall back or fail. They have something ready. You know, the most successful entrepreneurs are people that have no backup plan. And I always tell people, you know, if you have a plan B, your plan A will fail. Yeah. It's just, if you have that backup plan, your mindset is already set as, okay, don't worry about this because I have this backup plan. That's why I don't have a spare tire in my car. I don't get flat tires. Same, same concept, <laughs> but, uh, um, going to get a flat tire today. I know. No, definitely not. Um, but no, it's just, it's really about, you know, same thing as I did sink or swim when I got that bill in the mail for a huge bill, I just realized that, okay, I need to do something or else I'm going to sink. I'm not going to be able to afford this. So yeah. same as a lot of other people, they, you know, start a business and they're like, this is all I have. You know, a lot of uh, <laughs> motivational people, they say like, you know, they put their all into it. They didn't have a backup plan. They didn't even have a place to fail. It was, you know, failure wasn't an option. Yep. If I fail, that's the end of my, you know, everything. So same as me, you know, I went in there, didn't have a plan B and it was, you know, I gave my all. I took that leap. I jumped into the deep end and just built everything around me to keep myself afloat dude that's yeah and it's and i just posted a video today telling people that the the number one thing and really i think the only thing that's going to separate people from being successful versus not successful and this is in anything this is in relationships this is in business this is in personal this is in sports whatever the only people that are successful are the ones that don't give up and the ones that aren't successful are the people that give up you notice a trend of people starting something, giving up, and trying something else. Starting something, giving up, and trying something else. It's the people that don't give up. So like when you started Luxury Jet Ski Rentals, I know that you had a tremendous amount of ups and ups and downs in the beginning, but you didn't give up. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I remember one time too, I, you know, I, this is when I started having employees and I, you know, I had a good business built around it and I just remember looking at my payroll deadline for my employees and I told myself and I looked at my bank account and it was either I pay my employees or I eat dinner. So I submitted my payroll and I had, you know, 15 cents left to my name for a couple of days until, you know, some of my transactions cleared. And, you know, that that's basically, you know, do you give up? Do you stop? Do you, you know, protect yourself? And it's like, no, you just keep going. You know, you don't stop. You don't give yourself a backup plan. You just, you just give it to your all, you know, your people take care of you and uh, you just keep going. Yeah, and there's always a way. If you just find a way, there's always a way. And I think the biggest thing is leaving no other option. Like when you said that if you have a plan B, you're already screwed, it's totally right. And we see that. So I own a company uh, called CheapAssLeads.com and we sell leads to real estate agents. And the ones that do the best are the ones that go in, they're like, I'm gonna do everything I can to make this work. And if it, you know, if it doesn't work, oh well, but I'm gonna try it for a year. Those are the people that do the best. If they don't, you know, give it that time, if they don't put the work in, if they, you know, a lot of people want it to work out right away. And a lot of people want business to work out like that. 
So people will go into business for themselves and then they will, you know, see after three, six, 12 months that it's hard as fuck and then they'll give up and they're not around. They're back working in a job, which working in a job isn't bad. You know, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs shit on people, but entrepreneurship is not for most people. No. Right. Most people, I think people should own businesses, but not necessarily start and build. So if you're somebody who's not necessarily a creative person, but you're good at like the operation side of things, you should buy a franchise, like a subway where everything is already cut out and mm-hmm. you just have to run the shit. Yeah, that's kind of like what you do at you know Cheap Ass Leads. You set everybody up for success. You give them <laughs> every blueprint you have and what to do. And just like you said, you know you can't really spoon feed everybody. Some people just do it or they don't. And then yeah. you know, they fail on it. But yeah, same thing there. So what did you make in your first month in business? Oh God, first month in business. Um, it's been a long time. Uh, Roughly, just give a ballpark. I mean, I would say maybe $1,000 if that. And what do you make on an average month now? Um, you know, if we're not, we're not clearing a couple hundred thousand dollars, something's wrong. Yeah. So even in the slow season, right? Yeah. Um, so we're open year round. It definitely slows down, but you know, we're, we're constantly open. And how long was it into having the business? Did you get to that point where you were like, you breathe a sigh of relief, right? You hit this point in business where you were like, okay, the bills are paid. I'm not worried. I'm not tripping on cutting payroll. I'm not worried about feeding myself. And now I've got some money left over yeah. coming in. How long did it take you to get to that point? Because that's where everybody wants to be. And I feel like people think that it's going to take a lot of work to get there. And it may take a couple of years. But how long did it take you to get to that point where you're able to breathe that sigh of relief? Well, that's exactly like what you were just saying is it does take a couple of years. A lot of people, they want the get rich quick. They want the money today, tomorrow. They want it to you know, they want to check their bank account and see all the validation for everything that I've been working through. But, you know, your first couple of years, I'm sure you can agree as well. The first couple of years of entrepreneurship, you work for free. You don't pay yourself. You know, you could try to pay yourself, but it's just going to, you know, down the road negatively affect you and your business. You're not going to be able to grow as fast. So um, it definitely took a couple of years, I would say about two, to hit my validation period okay. where I felt like, you know, all the time and effort and energy I was pouring into was actually paying me back. Um at least two years. Yeah. And that's, and that's what it was for me too, is about yeah. that two year mark where things started to make sense. Cause you've been through, so the first year you go through business and it's all new, right? Yeah. Like you see a full year of business and everything is new, <clears throat> but then your next year you see January again, right? You know mm-hmm. how the, how the business was, you know, especially in a business like yours where it's seasonal. Yeah. Now you know what to sort of expect. So the first year in business is purely just laying the foundation and exposing yourself to new things. Your second year in business is like listening to a song or watching a movie again. You hear and see things that you didn't the first time that you listened to it. So the more you do that and the more you stick around, it just gets better and better and better. And it's just like, you know, playing a season of baseball or, or football or a sport or whatever. The more you do something, the more it gets ingrained in you and you you have the stomach for it. Yeah. And business, it takes a lot to stomach that first year. But if you can get through year one and you can get through year two, you can get through year 20, 30, 40. Like you can do this, but you have to get through to the point where you're actually being successful and it takes some time. Yeah, definitely. So the success portion is what a lot of people forget where some people do give it their all and year one goes by year two, year three, year four. And at some point you have to, you know, take a step back and realize 
is this profitable? Is it a successful business? Because if you're going one, two, three, four, five, six years and nothing is working, you know, I, I always say just take it behind the barn and shoot it. You know, yeah. move on, go, you know, use all that effort, energy into something else. But, you know, year one, no one, the thing is with uh, starting a business and being an entrepreneur is no one teaches you this stuff. You can go out and you can buy whatever <laughs> course or whatever my, you know, mastermind, but at the end of the day, no one is gonna teach you what you're gonna learn doing it yourself. So like when I, I hear people talking about they wanna start a business and they wanna do this, and as soon as I start asking about their ideas and how they're gonna start it, they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm gonna hire, this guy's gonna do this, and we're bringing this person in to build this, and I just stop them right there. I, I could already see down the road they're not gonna be successful. So like when you start a business, you need to do everything. You need to walk in there and try everything and see you know, for yourself, what can be done, what can't be done, you need to have that trial and error. Because if you're hiring other people, you know, your first year in business is kind of like what you say, you're kind of learning as you go. But if you have other people do stuff for you, you don't learn anything. Year two is going to be the same as year one. So it's all trial and error. So, you know, you just, you hit it right on the head where you said year one, and then year two, you learn from year one, year three, you're more successful because you understand everything. And I'm sure to this day, you probably have some of your employees say, oh, wow, how'd you know how to do that? Or how'd you do that? Or why'd you do that? Right. It's because you've already dealt with it. You know, yep. you know you're, you're now a seasoned person that's dealt with that, uh, you know, that event or basically that issue. So, yeah. And, and everybody talks about starting a business, like your experience starts when you start the business, but your experience can be from learning from another business. So for me, I've only had this business for like six years, yeah. but I've been in business for almost 10 because I count, the five years that I worked for a credit card processing company where I'm learning from these guys. I'm sitting next to the CEO and the VP and all of these guys, and I'm watching them build and grow this company, and I'm absorbing all of this stuff. So sometimes my employees, like Donald and I had a conversation where he was like, hey, how'd you know how to do that so fast? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh man, I've been doing this for so long, like I didn't even realize that I was absorbing it. And Donald, as Donald is working for me, you know, five, 10 years down the road, somebody will ask you the same thing and yep. you'll realize how much you learned when you were here. And I always say like, if you're in a sales job or if you're in a job where you're able to watch somebody build, operate and grow a company, that's college. That's the same as college and probably Absolutely. a thousand times more valuable. Yeah, and you know, I, I actually went to college. I, uh, it's funny, I started my business and then went to college for business. And the stuff that I learned in college for business was nothing about what I learned in the real world. So. You know, I agree with that. And it's funny you were talking about Donald because I could see what you're talking about in him where he's at that verge of, you know, little Kevin where he's about to branch off and do his own thing. But um, let me ask you this. The people that you used to work with at the credit card processing uh, company, do you still follow them? Do you know where they are today? Or yeah, we talk like monthly. Do they start their own company? What do you mean? Do they go branch out from their credit card processing? Do they start their own company? Or no, they, they own the company. The, okay. the guys that I worked for before own their own company. Yeah. And they well, what about your coworkers? You had coworkers. Right? Oh, no, no, no. They still work for no. somebody? I think, um, I think maybe one person did out yeah. of like hundreds of people that I met there. Exactly. So when you're talking about how you were absorbing all this information, and that's right there is what separates the entrepreneur and the employee. You know, you're sitting there absorbing this information. You're seeing these people where they are. And I'm sure you're like, how do I get to where they are? You know, I want to be like them. I want to be yeah. better than them. I want right. to be in the, you know, where they are in life. I want to be there. So when, uh, you know, you're talking about or we're talking about entrepreneurship versus a um, employee, that right there is what separates them. So yeah. you absorbing that information is why you are where you are today. 
because you absorb that. That's Versus a really good point. The other people that you worked with, your coworkers, they probably still work in the nine to five. Which you know, there's nothing wrong with that because, as we both can agree, we need those people to run our business. <laughs> right. So uh, we definitely need employees. However, um, there's always that one or two people that takes a step aside and says, you know, that's something I could do. I could be like them. I want to be like them. I want to be where they are. So. Yeah, and the biggest thing that I realized, that's a really good point, and the biggest thing that I realized is entrepreneurs, like when you look at the big dogs, right? Mm -hmm. You look at the Grant Cardones, the billionaires, you look at all these guys that have have hit that peak in business, um, they all have one thing in common, and it's, well, they all have a lot of things in common, which is like drug addiction, criminal behavior, you know, they have a past. Okay. And what I've noticed is a lot of these guys, the reason why they're successful in business correlates to that. It's because they're risk takers. Absolutely. And the thing that a lot of employees are is they're comfortable. They Mm want to go with the sure thing rather than risking something. But I'll tell you, working in a nine to five for 99% of people is extremely uncomfortable, but they're afraid to leave that comfort zone, which is already not that comfortable to go start their own thing or to go get that better job or to go pursue their passion. And they don't realize that if that doesn't work, they can always go back to that shitty job that they really don't like. They they can always go back. But, you know, when you're young, you know, I don't know, man, I don't know a lot of people that can build a business at 50 like they can at 20. Absolutely. When you got kids, you got the wife, you got the house, you can't take those kind of risks. So if you're young, even if you're not, but if you're young and you're thinking about leaving your job or getting a different job or trying to pursue something else, I am telling you that if you don't do it, you are going to regret it. And it's a lot harder to work a job that you hate than to go risk it to try and do your own thing. Uh, You know, it's, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, too, is is time never stops. The carousel keeps on churning. That's what I always say. So picture back when you were a kid and, you know, you were one, two, three, four, and it was a long time ago. You probably can't remember it. But do you remember waiting until the next holiday or your next birthday? It just seemed like it was forever, right? Taking a long time versus now all of a sudden we're like, oh, shoot, it's almost Christmas or like Fourth of July is next weekend or, you know, our birthday's coming up again. You know, time's moving faster. And there's this like phenomenon where, you know, let's say you're, one years old and you're waiting to your next birthday in your mind if one year is half of your life which is why it seems like it takes a long time for when you were a kid time moves by slower versus now if when you're in your 30s one year is like one thirtieth of your life so time keeps moving faster and faster so when you're talking about that 50 year old that isn't taking that leap into entrepreneurship or you know the 20 year olds i say the same thing you know i've heard people say like oh i want to set myself up for this or i want to do this down the road i i just ask them why you know time's moving faster as we're getting older why would you wait till tomorrow i actually have a a good friend of mine that uh, was interested in buying a house and i remember speaking to them and they said oh yeah we're gonna start looking next year and we're gonna you know plan to buy a house and i told them and i asked them i'm like do you know anybody that has bought real estate and said, I am so glad I waited to buy real estate. No, everybody's always, you know, always says that I'm, I'm thankful I bought it now. And sure enough, same thing with them. Fast forward, you know, they have $100,000 <clears> in equity in their place and they couldn't be thankful enough. Right. So it's the same thing as like, why does anybody wait to do something tomorrow? Tomorrow's not promised. If you want to wait till tomorrow to start a business, you might not even be around. So you guys, you need to start business today. You need to make those decisions today. You need to jump in to the things you're not comfortable with today and just carousel keeps on churning. Jump into the deep end today, learn to swim and keep yourself afloat tomorrow. 
Sick, dude. I love it. So let's talk about diversification, like having multiple streams of income. And I want to start by saying that everybody always says this. Every millionaire made it because they had multiple streams of income, which is true, right? Yeah. The average has what? Seven? seven streams of income. Okay. So that's true. But what they don't realize is they didn't go build seven at once. They got one that got like, we both have our one main thing that brings in the most amount of money at once. Absolutely. And then you take that money and put it into other things. So I see so many young entrepreneurs mess up because they want to do affiliate marketing. They want to start a digital marketing mm -hmm. company. They want to do an Amazon company. They're not making any money and they want to build seven things at once. And I did that too. When I first started, I tried to do all this stuff on YouTube because all these YouTubers made it seem so easy. But yeah. what I didn't realize is you have to go hard on one thing and then take that money that you're making and go use it to build other streams of income. So tell the people, the audience, how you've done that. Well, you know, I, I have heard about that. And I've heard people talking about, oh, they're doing this, this and that. They're doing this for four hours a day, then this and that. And the thing is, is you're just gonna burn yourself out. Why would you do seven things mediocre where you know, you're half-assing everything versus become a master and complete one task and get one thing done and move on <clears> to the <throat> next, next phase of income. I tell people, if you could duplicate yourself in your business where you feel like you've reached you know, somewhat of a climax or at least you're still on the up and up and you could duplicate yourself, take yourself away from that business where it's residual income and you're making the same thing, then yeah, take yourself away, start on your next stream of income. That's the best thing to do. Dude, that's golden. And, and speaking of gold, imagine that six feet underground, right? Imagine there's a bunch of gold, mm -hmm. all the gold that you would ever need. But you go out and you start digging 10 different holes yeah. and they're all two feet deep, right? Well, you just dug 20 feet down if you look at everything that you've done. But because of all of these different holes, you've only dug a portion down. So you never got to the gold. So if you had stuck to one thing, a long enough to get to the gold, then you can start working on something else. But because you put all of that time, all of that energy and effort into digging, you didn't get deep enough because you were doing too many things at once and you weren't focused and you didn't get it. I yeah. think that's a mistake. In that analogy though, people are digging those 10 holes and they have that gold nugget is what they see. So same thing as when people are creating these multiple streams of income, they get their gold nugget. They get their little bit of validation. Oh, I made a little bit of money here. So obviously it works. Move on to this next thing where they're digging those 10 holes and they got one gold nugget versus if they can master one hole there and get to the gold bars and all the streams of gold that they can, and then be able to duplicate themselves. They could flow themselves into their next stream of income where now that they have one solid income, they could build one successfully, kind of like what you were talking about instead of just getting the one gold nugget out of each hole. Um, but yeah, so what are you invested in? So you have the business, I know you have real estate, what else? Yeah, so um, obviously I have my mainstream, um, the business that I do have, uh, I have a couple of rental properties. I'm in, uh, building rental properties internationally. Um, invest in the market, the crypto market, um, and just uh, started to invest into real estate flipping. Uh, that's something I actually just was uh, signing my forms today for, actually. So, nice. Uh, new stream of income, but I, I feel like I've, you know, mastered my first stream of income so I can start duplicating. And, you know, I do have a couple of streams of income that I feel like are already mastered. So moving on to all these other ones I feel validated for. Nice. Yeah, that's really good. Mm -hmm. Awesome. What tips do you have for anybody that is thinking about starting a business? So there is no thinking. It's either you're going to do it or you don't. I, I, I hate when people say, like, I'm thinking about something or I'm trying something. 
there's no such thing as trying. You ever tried to use the bathroom? You either went or you didn't, right? So Damn. Same thing. It's just don't try to do something. Don't <clears throat> think about doing something. Either commit or don't. You know, move on with your life. If you're not going to do it, just be honest about it. Just say, you know, I'm not going to do this. I'm all talk. I'm going to think about it. That's just a, a easy way of them saying that they want to, but they're not going to do it. So either they're going to do it or they won't. And that, that's what I feel they should do. They should obviously do it because there's so many more it's more rewarding to have a business than to not have a business. So Tyler, I think this is a pretty good place to end it. Um, where can people find you on social media? And if they're in San Diego, where can they rent a jet ski from you? Yeah. So whether they need, you know, jet skis, boats, kayaks, paddleboards, anything to hit the water, uh, they can go to luxuryjetskirentals.com. That's going to be the best way to make a reservation. Uh, if they look us up on any review site, we are the highest rated. So it's easy to find us um, anywhere on any review site. Cool. Thank you for coming in. No problem.